0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Daytime up here in August, summer is rolling on, Vinnie Hardy, Terry TV Brown up in here bringing out another fun show, how's everything with you, Terry TV Brown?
2: I'm doing fantastic, I'm celebrating my 43rd birthday today, so I am doing fantastic, it's been a good day, a restful day, uh, so I'm I'm doing great.
1: Breaking it in, breaking it in. That's right, when we uh, date ourselves, you already got 43 a little bit warmed up by the time I get there. uh, I guess it was this day three years ago, we were in Danville at Tina Cox's house. Uh, You broke it in there. We had a a little shindig get-together. Everybody, when we were writing for Cameramans Radio, I think we were all there. Together on that August the fifth of twenty seventeen I guess it would have been. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's young. when I got the Jay Z cake. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> awesome. I put that on the show account.
1: <laughs> that that
2: hey hey that cake still holds up, man. That cake still uh holds up. It is that was fantastic. It was good too.
1: Yeah, yeah, so that was fun. I think you had you you rocking with Sam Jackson Gold that day? Uh, oh yeah a, I thought so I, I did yes, Absolutely, did that, absolutely. <laughs> That's right So yeah We just, uh, hey, were all, Both be in the same place At the same time On that particular day Crazy that that was Three years ago Fast forward Now you're breaking in Forty Forty-three And ooh, Approaching mid-forties Now here we are
2: I know man You know It used to be uh, you know, when you're in your 20s, you think, oh, you know, that you were going to get that call and, you know, maybe the Braves need a second baseman or the Lakers could use a backup shooting guard. And then you tune on ESPN one day and it's, you know, you hear somebody talk about, uh, you hear them talk about some athlete that, you know, is toward the end of his career and the same age. <laughs> and now all the things that, that that we kind of grew up with, same, same age, they they retired, they, they've moved on, so now we're the same age as a lot of these coaches. So that's kind of yeah. that's the circle of life as, as it goes, because a couple of weeks ago, uh, maybe a week or so ago, Ray Allen, who's one of my dudes from way back, they had turned 45, and my first thought was like, man, that's old. But then I was looking at the counter like, You know, you forty three. That ain't not too crazy. So uh, I think A Rod turned forty four the other day, but yet still, Tom Brady two days ago he turned forty three, and he's still doing it. So um, that's
1: right. That's look. He's August third. Okay, that's right.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So August third is Tom Brady. August the fourth is uh Barack Obama and August the fifth is your is your boy T B. And Patrick Ewing. And Patrick Ewing.
1: August Patrick Ewing is
2: today. Patrick Ewing is today. Wow. And Winona from Good Times is also today.
1: Wow. Okay. And uh and Mike and Pratt was one yesterday. Of the Mike Pratt was August the fourth. But he's in there too. Okay.
2: So, so it's a it's a it's a back to back uh it's,
1: it's a murderer's row, man. Yeah, and I always remember August fifth anyway because I went to school, grew up with a couple guys. I was born on August fifth. One my age, and another guy a couple years older. But also my my grandfather, my late grandfather, my dad's dad, Papa Hardy is, not still like to call him. Uh, my dad's dad, Melvin Hardy Sr. was born August fifth, nineteen fifteen. He would have been one hundred and five today. He passed away in 2000. Uh, he was born August the 5th. Um, leaves Alabama, same hometown as Charles Barkley. Moved to Kentucky at 17 years of age. Got a job in the coal mines in uh, 1932 and moved to southeast Kentucky. And that's how this particular set of is is in Kentucky because all of his brothers and cousins and everybody is still there in Alabama. So you, Patrick Ewing, my granddaddy, everybody called him Big Timer. Mr. Big Timer was his nickname because he was always we did this and we went here and we went fishing. We had a big time. So everybody called him Mr. Big Timer. So you, my granddaddy Patrick Ewing. That's that's quite the trio.
2: And 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 Marcia Brady from the Brady Bunch, Maureen McCormick, also on August the fifth, James Gunn, the director of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. His birthday is today, and, and the famed director, John Houston, also born on today. So so now we took care of the birthdays. Let's look back to yesterday. And I know you and your lovely uh, missus celebrated something yesterday. Tell us about that, man.
1: We had my better half and I, Katie, our 19th wedding anniversary yesterday, August 4, 2001, uh, got married. Just as year into the new millennium, uh, it's crazy that it has been 19 years. Saturday, a couple of days before that, you know they were heard the boys were kind of scheming and conniving, and uh, you could tell they were plotting something. And, and of course, me, I had the boys. We were plotting stuff, little anniversary gifts to buy, and all that doing each stuff behind each other's back kind of stuff. So they had a big old dinner and. had had the stuffed shells, had the spaghetti, uh, had the dessert, had the salad, had the appetizers, you know, the whole nine. And the boys were excited because they were going to be the little waiters. They dressed up, had the black slacks on, the white shirt. Uh, They drew on the mustaches for themselves. They drew on some mustaches and uh, just set it up. Outside in the backyard, it was it was nice weather. It wasn't crazy hot, and it didn't rain for once. You know, so it worked out really good. Cause usually we we'll take a little trip. Usually my parents in normal times, you know, my parents will keep the boys, and we'll go away for the weekend, or, or my mother-in-law will keep the boys, and we'll go and take us a little trip. So we just kept it kept it local at the house. Uh, they worked real hard on it. It was a real big surprise. So that was. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, nineteen years yesterday.
2: That, that's that's awesome, man. That is that is fantastic. So this this stretch is is always pretty good because when you get to August, there's no holidays in August. There's no it's the only one of the twelve. There's no holiday. So it's just crazy. Uh, but a lot of a lot of really good birthdays and special days. But other than back to school, which hit the holiday, there's nothing else really happened in august. Uh That's it. you know, That's you, true. yeah, January you got you got of course King Day and in January 1st and you got Valentine's Day and uh March is St. Patrick's Day, April uh leads off with April's Fools Day and usually you get Easter in there as well, of course Tax Day, which you know is not <laughs> not exactly a bad <laughs> day. May has got Mother's Day and the Derby and June, you got Father's Day, you got the Fourth of July, and then nothing in August. Then you got Labor Day, and then you got Halloween, and then you got Thanksgiving, and then you got Christmas. So uh, August is the time where there's no, there's there's nothing else going on. But uh, uh, like I said, I'm enjoying today. Got my run in. I did 4.3 miles today for my 43 years. So that was great. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was it was nice and cool today too. So that was that was really good. So I'm 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 enjoying my running. Uh that that that's still going well. Got me some new shoes to kinda of help with that. So everything's going well. Everything is going well.
1: Yeah. Cue the ice cubes, man. Today is a good day. Well we need playing the background. Absolutely.
2: Right see. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And then tomorrow, the Rockets will beat the Lakers in the nightcap for the triple hitter that starts at, like, four. So, yeah, in the NBA bubble in Orlando. But that'll, that'll cap off the midweek, and then we'll head into the weekend. So
2: about the NBA bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we we, <laughs> we we talked about the awkwardness going into it and i was worried about the the play but you know it, it's actually been really really good i've been pleasantly surprised because basically you you when you get the nba and you take out the teams that are tanking you get good basketball right when you take out the terrible terrible teams you get good basketball And, you know, as we look at eventually when things get back to normal, quote, unquote, there's got to be a way for the NBA, and I don't know how this would work, you know, if it's feasible to do, but you just reach a certain point after 60 games and you just drop off the bottom six, drop off the bottom six, bottom eight, whatever it is, and just let, you know, those teams that are close to the Eight seed, keep playing Uh, You let the other teams keep playing To to build up their seed But we've seen really, really good basketball Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, It hasn't
2: been too much of a distraction With the setup It took a little bit of getting used to uh, With the weird camera angles The lack of a crowd And all that kind of stuff But we really have seen some basketball Your Rockets put on a show the other night So I know you You know, throwing out there that the Rockets will beat the Lakers, you know, I, you know, at this stage, that's not just crazy talk. The Rockets are playing really, really well in the bubble. Uh, whatever that time off took, it looks like Harden and Westbrook were on the same page. You know, they, Yeah. you know, uh, Mike D'Antoni went to the lab and figured out, uh, how to get this small ball thing going. Uh, Cause they they beat uh, Milwaukee the other night, right?
1: Yeah, beat beat the Bucks and then beat the Mavs. Lost to Portland last night. Uh, Should have won that. Westbrook missed like eight free throws. And then they play the Lakers tomorrow night. Oh, that's a that's a That's a solid first four games in the bubble.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And, and so what? And so what we're seeing. With the way the NBA is set up, and I I know the the bubble and all that kind of stuff won't be a permanent thing, and and Lord knows we don't want that, but it is just so amazing, uh, just the high level of basketball that we're seeing. And uh, I like it because you can hear the guys talking. You can get a better sense of teams are trying to do. When you cut down on the distractions, you can focus on the basketball. To me, I I love that. So uh, I just got to throw out there, my beloved Lakers, you know, they're 51-15 on the season, uh, six and a half games up uh, on the Clippers. Uh, so they have clinched the number one seed throughout the Western Conference playoffs. Which would be great, except this year, home court advantage doesn't mean anything. <laughs>
0: that, that's the thing. Uh,
2: so whatever perks uh, they afford them in the bubble, probably not the same uh, as playing at Staples in front of the Jack Nicholsons and Denzel Washingtons and everybody else. So not quite the same. Uh, you know, I'm, gl- I, I'm, I'm excited uh about my Lakers. They beat the Clippers. Uh, uh and then uh last night against the Jazz, Anthony Davis went. I mean he, he's that dude. Uh we talked Ooh. about this I think last week. We talked about retiring jerseys at UK. And and Anthony Davis is looking like he wants to make that leap. And um I'm I'm looking ahead obviously but if he's going to keep progressing like he is, and I mean, he, he, he did that step-back, crossover, three-point shot right in Rudy Gobert's eye. There's not too many, you know, 6'11", 7-foot guys that can do that and can do like he does on the inside. You know, Kevin Durant is a freak, but Anthony Davis, even though he doesn't like to be in the post, he's, he's got that inside-out game. And man, and he's still a piece defensively. You know, he could quite possibly end up top twenty in NBA history. You know, I'm not trying to slight him or anybody yeah. else, but I think he mm-hmm. can get in that conversation and fingers crossed that he's able to uh, that he's able to sign with the Lakers for a long term deal. That way, uh you got Davis and you get James to lock in for a little bit. So as James starts to fade, A.D. can become that dude. I like that setup. I mean, it's it's what we it's what we saw, uh, Lakers fans, I mean, it's what we saw when, when Magic came to join Kareem and Kareem had to seed a little bit. Uh, but he could still get your bucket. You know, he could still... You know, it it just he he wasn't able to do it all the time, and that's been the beauty of having Anthony Davis is LeBron can have a pedestrian game and you can still win. But then, by the same token, against the Clippers, he gets the bucket at the end and he d's up Kawhi and Paul George.
1: Unbelievable in
2: one possession. (laughs) So you know he can do that. I think. he can play that kind of defense because he knows behind him, he's got Anthony Davis that can erase a lot of mistakes. And as Kentucky fans, we know that when you get a perimeter, a good, good to great perimeter defender, and an Anthony Davis on the back line, that spells championship. And Kentucky fans nodding their heads, thinking about Michael Gilchrist on the perimeter and Anthony Davis on the back end. So, uh, that's a recipe uh, to win. So I, you know, I hope uh, even though there's no home court advantage, uh, the last time the Lakers were the number one scene was 2010 was 10 years ago. And we all know what happened 10 years ago. Uh, the Lakers, the uh, Lakers beat the Celtics in, uh, in 2010 in the 2010 uh, NBA finals in game seven. So uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, and I saw some people reacting to the Lakers, tweeting out the Lakers official account, tweeting out, "Oh, you know, number one seed in the in the West," and people saying, "Oh, you know, the bar has been lowered." And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> "No, I think that was just a general information tweet." But La- there, I, I don't know any Lakers fans that are like, "Yes, number one seed, number one, yeah, I don't, I don't think that. Even when the regular season was still going on, that was never the goal. You know, winning the Pacific Division, that was never the goal. Um, It's it's like Kentucky, you want to win the SEC regular season championship, and and most years we certainly should, and you want to win the SEC tournament, but no one is doing backflips when that happens, right? So – Uh, I'm excited about that Uh, The biggest thing to me About the bubble Is that it's working Uh, The NBA I think their last Positive test was The beginning of July And they've been locked down pretty good Since then, since the games have started Even with guys like Lou Will Going to Magic City Uh, (laughs) but, uh, But The bubble is working Everything the NBA said they were going to do, they've done. Now you don't want to start celebrating too early. You don't want to mm-hmm. be like Leon Lett in the Super Bowl. Uh, you've got to you got to stay <laughs> you got you got to stay focused and, and make sure you follow through. But what we have seen so far, the sports inside the bubble are working much better than the sports. Without a bubble And the NBA Has been kind of Leading uh, the way On that
1: A contact sport Inside the bubble Versus a Minimal contact Sport MLB Outside the bubble Because you just Thought it was The Marlins And you know Well that's You know It's South Florida It's the Marlins And like you mentioned Last week Outside of '97 and 3 It's fire sales And empty stadiums But now The Cardinals, the regal St. Louis Cardinals, second most World Series championships of anybody. You know, only they only trail the Yankees when it comes to World Series titles. Uh, the knowledgeable fan base, the Busch Stadium, St. Louis, the Cardinals, and even Yadier Molina, the trusty face of the franchise catcher, has come down with the virus. And it's, you know, they've had to postpone games, and it's running
2: rampant kind of through their clubhouse, too. It's just unbelievable. And and the thing is, you can't, if you're not going to put people in a bubble, I think it's a tough ask to ask people to remove themselves from society and, and not be in a bubble. And you know, I think some blame goes to the players, obviously. But mm-hmm. baseball's whole operation is like, we'll, we'll figure it out. That has been Manfred's position. The whole, this whole, uh, where they've been trying to come back uh, and play is, we will figure it out. And that may work in high school. You know, in your high school English class, but that's not how you want to go into a pandemic. The The biggest problem with baseball in the setup is the two sides don't trust each other, players in the league. So we saw the back and forth, back and forth. And keep in mind, there's a labor negotiation that will happen in the next year or so. Those guys don't get along. Now, I'm not saying that the NBA is some utopian place, but you could tell that the NBA and Adam Silver uh, were working in step with the Players Association. And I think what the NBA did, they got the stars to buy in to the bubble, and, and that helped. The only voices of dissension with the bubble that I heard in the NBA was Kyrie Irving, who wasn't playing anyway, right? And Dwight Howard, and no matter what Dwight Howard tells you, check it. If Dwight Howard comes up to you and says, today is Wednesday, check your calendar. Just That's just that's just how he is, right? It's Dwight Howard. Like, I don't care what he's saying. You need to triple check. And double check the triple check on what he's telling you. So when the NBA has buy-in from the big guys, I, I think that goes a long way. Uh, but baseball, with 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 baseball being so, the labor and, and management just having this contentious relationship, uh, you know, you can you can hope. That they would come together during a pandemic, but obviously that that just didn't happen. You know, it just did not uh, just didn't come together. So now you're left with bizarre standings. You're Marlins leading the NLE. <laughs> They've only played four oh, games, yeah. <laughs> and you know the Cardinals are two and three. The Cubs lead the NL Central at nine and two. And it's just, uh, it's 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 just weird. Hey, and and, mm-hmm. uh, and so, what was already going to be a tight schedule to begin with to get sixty games in, you know, however many days it was, you know, eighty games or eighty days or whatever. Uh, how do you make that up? Like, where are you going to be able? So you're going to end up with. You know, teams that are going to have some teams may not even reach fifty games. You know, the Marlins yeah. may not play fifty games this year. So I know they got tiebreakers, and they know how to get all this stuff. Go, you know, uh, how to get all this stuff figured out. But looking at the standings right now, the Marlins are three and one. Your Braves are eight and four, and. Although the Marlins have a better win percentage, they're still a game behind. Like, it's going to be a statistical nightmare to see these expanded playoffs. If you don't have, right. teams, if you don't, if you have groups of teams that, that, that don't have the same number of games. Now, right now, it's just, uh, well, it's the Marlins that only have four games. It's the Phillies that have four games. The Cardinals have five games. Uh, it's going to get crazy. That's my whole thing. Uh, Because all MLB needs is one more team. One more team to get hit that that janks up the schedule even more. And I think you're going to have a nightmare. Not only with another team with an outbreak, but just schedule-wise. like You're not going to get these teams close to those 60 games. Or you're going to be doing that you know, the the thing where they're going to do these seven-inning double headers, uh, Mm -hmm. which to me is weird. I understand the why behind it, but baseball being such a numbers sport, you know, the long-term effect is if this season is going to be 60 games or less, if we don't know about next season, right, how next season is going to go because I think next season is going to be when the negotiations start. We could be seeing guys, baseball players, current players. You know how we kind of look at those guys that uh, their careers were interrupted by World War II, like Ted Williams and some of those other guys. We're going to have to start looking at current players like that. You know, a uh, Mike Trout who, you know, whatever his hits are and all this kind of stuff. We're going to have to start saying, well, you know, yeah, his numbers aren't. What they probably would have been because of the road. Like the numbers just aren't going to be there. Uh, but I will say this it's easy to dump on baseball because it's just easy. The people that run baseball need mm. to be removed from, you know, it's like they don't even like baseball. You
1: know, a Michael lot of times the they make. A Goober method is a goofball. That's why he's a on baseball, but yeah.
2: <laughs> so um, the difference between what the NBA and NHL are doing versus MLB, we have to keep in mind that the NBA and NHL, they were heading toward the postseason anyway. They had already played 60 games. Their bouts, so they were already. They kind of knew, okay, who the good teams were, who the not good teams were, so they could basically sit down and say, "Look, we're going to play on the NBA side. We're going to play some warm up games, give these other teams a chance to catch the eight seed, and then we're going to go right into the playoffs." Whereas baseball had to figure out how do we even play a whole season, right? That that was a burden that baseball had that the other two big leagues didn't have to have, right? And and we need to have Craig Bates come on and, and, and break down the, the hockey stuff because mm-hmm. hockey's got yeah, two sides to in get Toronto him right and Edmonton. And, and, and how that kind of – because I was listening to some podcasts this weekend trying to break that down, and it sounds – it sounds like the NHL's got a, a handle on things, but still. So baseball is trying to squeeze in an entire season – you know, in less than half the t- usual time. So I guess I cut them some slack that that way, but I don't cut slack when, I forget who was interviewing Manfred said, okay, you know, you've got these outbreaks, well, what's the policy? And there's no policy. In, they're, they're, they don't know what they're doing. It's just going off the fly, and I think that's a little... Uh, that That's just not a way to, to, to do things.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. Um,
1: and like you said, the smart thing is they are a bunch of teams making playoffs, but on the flip side, like you said, it's going to be a nightmare to seed it uh, unless the new twist that the NBA is doing where the non-seed will – get to have the play-in like they are in three games of the eight seed or something like that. So Memphis is treading water, got the eight seed right now, but Jaron Jackson, Jr. just tore an ACL, and they have a, a ton of teams right on their heels. So that's another new twist to put in as the playoffs approach as well, to see who even gets to play Lakers at the one spot.
2: Right. Right. So the NBA is, is full of intrigue and uh, I, I think we're going to see some exciting basketball. It's not quite playground basketball, but it's got a different feel to it. You know, the, the broadcast, is streamlined it's, I, I like it. Like I, I know that the teams won't do this permanently and I don't think the players will like this set up permanently either, but it's a different change. they, the NBA came together and made it a very marketable product. And that, like I said, i would be interested to see what our friend uh, Craig Bates says about the NHL because the one thing you always hear about, there's nothing quite like playoff hockey. So I, I wonder how the the excitement of general playoff hockey will apply to uh, what we're seeing uh, currently. Now, uh, yeah. friend in the show, uh, Michelle – uh, sends in, uh, what do we think about the sayings on the back of the jerseys uh, in the NBA? Because they want to stay, you know, they, they've got their social conscience. Um, I mean, it's okay, and I understand why they're doing it, but for an old person like myself, when I'm watching the game there's a lot of people I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I used to be able to uh thanks to video games and watching a lot a lot a lot of basketball, you know, there's maybe what 300 people in the NBA, I could probably rattle off 250. <laughs> you know, but now I need help cuz I don't know uh faces and that kind of stuff. So it gets confusing with the with the with the different things on the back. Uh but I, I'm, I'm glad that the players and the coaches, uh, anytime they're interviewed, they're able to say their piece. That's a good thing. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do a, a, a backflip for it, if that makes sense. I, I don't want to say I'm, I I could take it or leave it, but I, I don't know. I, I, I just, at, at this point, it means, you know, the, with the sayings on the back of the jerseys are just a little bit of of overkill.
1: I don't guess it's, and I agree with that. I mean, as far as there are there are some guys I don't know. Everybody I can use to, uh, maybe <laughs> we do have those Charles Barkley who he played for moments as we're watching, since we're not sure, but. It, it hasn't bothered me. I mean, I've you know a few minutes into the broadcast, and you will eventually figure out who it is, or they'll say who it is. Um, so it's you know it's everybody everybody's using their platform every every possible way, and that's an option as well. So. Um, I'm with you. I don't know everybody like I used to. I'm probably gonna start. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get me a PS5. So I've been out of the gaming thing for a little bit. I'm gonna jump back in it and uh, get up to speed and then go at it with the boys here in a little bit. So I'll, that might help when I get to the NBA 2K, the newest version. Uh I've been <laughs> out of the loop on that for a while, like you. But it, so yeah, it does take you a little longer to figure out who everybody is on the court and and you know, like the Rockets, you know. Westbrook has a quality up above his number zero, and then Westbrook on the bottom. So yeah, that's tricky. Some guys might not even have it the last time on their period. So yeah, that does take a little bit longer to to know the ten on the court, and then who's subbing in. By the time you figure out the ten are on there, you know there's some three or four guys subbing in. So yeah, it does take a little bit. But I've, I've enjoyed watching the the first two games of the restart. I mean, you had you had the Jazz winning in a buzzer beater and go bear of all people hitting game-winning free throws, uh, I think against Memphis. And then your Lakers and Clippers was a, a two-point game at the, right there, too. So we we're expecting sloppy garbage and, you know, guys rusty, you know, people coming out looking like Sean Kemp in 99 with Cleveland after the the oh. lockout. And, and it hasn't, hasn't been the case. It's been There've been some blowouts. I think Saturday was a lot. Whatever. I think over the weekend there were a lot of blowouts. But there's been a lot of good games, and it's it's been it's been a lot better than you would think just to roll out after four months off.
2: Now, my my favorite one of those uh, uh, sayings of the jersey is Paul Millsap for the uh, Denver Nuggets. His message is vote. So on the back of his jersey. It says vote. His number is number four, and then Millsap at the bottom. So it looks like it looks like he's running for office uh, with, with the way his is set up. So uh, I thought that was pretty fun. I, you know, and, I and, saw that. Le-
1: I, I saw that. Not you say that. Yeah, and, you
2: know, and, and LeBron. Uh, you know, I forget if it was first take or one of those. You know, there's so many. You know, LeBron doesn't have anything on the back of his uh jersey. And I'm like, Okay. But the thing is, LeBron puts his money where his mouth is. Like you know where he stands on various issues. You know, he started his promise school. Like, LeBron's doing his thing. And even if someone's not vocal, I don't look at somebody differently because they don't have something on their jersey. I I think it just becomes a a crazy talking point. I'm, and to clarify, I'm glad the NBA is letting people do that. I think that's that's a good thing. But the flip side of that is, if you do or you don't, I'm not going to judge you. You know, because uh, like Lil Wayne said, you know, real G's moving silence like lasagna. Some people are in our you know in the real world can be the most generous people you know but but you don't know what they're doing do their what they do on the down low and let that you know let those actions speak for themselves so i'm not going to judge somebody if they've got someone on their jersey or they don't if they kneel or if they don't Uh, to me the kneeling thing uh doesn't mean what it used to mean you know it's kind of got commodified a little bit and it's not doesn't if everybody's kneeling, then kneeling loses something, you know, like, you know, if everybody is, you know, if everybody's special, you know, then, then nobody's special. That's, you know, so if everybody's doing the thing, then it's not really a sign of standing out. So the the kneeling, I'm kind of, yeah, okay. It had its, it had its day. I'm, I'm glad we had a conversation about it, but, uh, I'm not I'm not uh, I'm not on Complete on board with it. it You know it is what it is
1: At this point Yeah Right before the show I saw you Tweeting about Cincinnati trying to throw shade at Cleveland With the Indians and Reds Getting together It's not even interleague I guess It's just everybody lumped into the Central, so they're all in the same division this year. I guess, yeah. So, uh, but they were kind of trying to troll with the Le- city. So nice LeBron left it twice <laughs> before the game started. Yeah, you know, I just I like, come on, Cincinnati.
2: You're, you're Cincinnati, <laughs> and I was, and I would say the same thing if it was Louisville. Like, come on, you're you're for Come on, you're you're Cincinnati. Is, is, <laughs> I know we got a lot of Reds fans, uh, watching and listening uh, and interacting. A lot of Kentucky fans are, 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 are Reds fans. And, um, I'm not, uh, I've <laughs> even years and years ago when I was with my Expos, I've just never been a, a Reds fan, uh, so i, I got to say this, when I'm looking at the NL Central standings right now, uh, the Reds are 5-6, and six, which is not a winning record. Let me double-check that. No, 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 it's not a winning the record. The highly hyped Reds. All uh, that hype, too. All that hype and their hashtag, if you want to get the little Cincinnati logo on Twitter, it is, did is it, is it take the Central or something? I think it's take the Central. And you know, I'm in the Cubs fandom now, and the Cubs are nine and two. And I'm not a math person. You know, you're, you know, I'm not one of these stat heads. I know you're a Rockets guy, and, and and they're all into the analytics. I'm not sure if nine and two is better than five and six, but I would say you would probably want to have nine wins versus just five wins. So. <laughs> All the Reds that are going to take the Central, where are they taking it? Where are they
1: going? What are you doing? <laughs> it was, and it's there's still time. The season is short. There is still there is still time, not as much as in a normal season. And, I mean, if you get an outbreak, you got to factor in, you know, losing series and losing games, whether it be in the Reds' cliff house or somebody they're about to play. So, you know, kind of quote Yogi Berra, it's getting late early. They were very hyped. This was the year. They spent some money, a good pitching staff. It's all coming together. And on top of that, because uh, we, we had we had Tom Leach. He wasn't, like, obnoxious. He was hopefully optimistic. Had him on the uh, Believe in Kentucky podcast with Tony Delks. I checked that out as well. Lifelong Reds fan. Hopefully they were able to do good. They started out the season playing the Tigers who are absolutely horrible. So you're supposed to have this good team. You're playing the worst team in baseball. I mean, that's that's just a gift wrapped guaranteed three and oh, four and oh, three and one start, and the Tigers like took three out of four for them So <laughs> I mean talk about bursting your bubble immediately.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So, uh, <laughs> and, and, and like you said, we don't know. I mean, we're only eleven games in, but still, <laughs> uh, with this season, you can't really fall behind and, and and expect to catch up. That's the that's the the upside downside to this kind of season. And, and, and like you said, with uh, if you're in a pennant race and and, and trying to to uh, get to the postseason and a team you're supposed to play has an outbreak and that costs you games, I just, you know, it's just going to be weird. Uh, I know baseball's doing the best it can, but, man, uh, it doesn't bode well for those teams that are not going into the bubble. And so the big elephant in the room with that is college football. And I've been accused of being uh, against college football, rooting for <laughs> the coronavirus, uh, because in my mind, I'm raising legitimate questions and concerns about how football can proceed. And we saw this last week. Uh, football players in the Pac-12 mm-hmm. across all 12 teams, and I believe last I heard it's a like a 400-strong group saying that they will not play until some demands have been met. And part of the demands were the COVID-19 precautions that different teams are taking. And this has been a concern of mine since we started talking about coming back to play. I think with your professional sports and with the union, particularly baseball, uh, and even in the NBA, NFL, NHL, being strong, that the players would be looked at and cared for. And whatever they agreed to, number one, that would be what would happen. Well, what we are starting to see, and uh, Beaumont Jones wrote a great piece on the undefeated, did a lot of uh, reporting on how the football players came about, how uh, the players at all the Pac-12 schools, how they reached out and and this, this, and this. And it basically took, you know, a guy at UCLA, because UCLA had made the statement back in June that they wanted an independent uh, medical professional come in and advise on the COVID-19 precautions that UCLA was taking. And so that was public. Then some guys at Cal said, well, wait a minute, we're not doing quite like that. Well, then Washington – You're just saying, hey, we got something completely different. And then Arizona's like, hey, hey, things are crazy in Arizona. Arizona State's like, man, it's really crazy here. So uh, all these guys start talking, and it's like there's nothing uniform. But when these conferences come out and talk about, hey, we're going to play conference only, part of that is there's some uniformity to these COVID precautions and statutes and everything like that. Come to find out that's not the case. So part of what these players are saying is like, hey, hey, we are taking on all the risks. These are some things that we need to have addressed. They also included a 50-50 split on the revenue uh, players to the conference. I, I, I think that's ambitious, and a lot of the folks I've heard interviewed fo- from the, the football players have said as much. Uh, I can't remember the player from UCLA that's kind of the spokesperson, but he was on a Slate prod, uh, uh, podcast. He was on ESPN Daily. He's made the round, kind of the unofficial spokesperson. And he, his point was, this is a negotiation, and you have to set a starting point. So a lot of the things that the players are saying, I think they should have been they should have brought, been brought up a long time ago. But like you and I have talked about, with this COVID-19, there's, there's nothing else going on. So as we have seen with social justice and some things coming to the forefront, because there's not a lot of other distractions, uh, football players in particular, other collegiate athletes, are now seeing a big picture on things. Uh, I I listened to the ESPN Daily Podcast I think today with Pablo Torre and, and and the and the kid from UCLA, I think two kids from UCLA were talking. The question was, have you talked to players in other conferences? And the answer is yes. Yeah. So if you're Greg Sankey of the SEC or Bill Bowlesby of the Big Twelve and I forget who the, the Big Tens commissioner is if you're a commissioner, an AD, or a coach, you got to be concerned, okay? You've got to be concerned that, that players are talking, right? And, and, and this has been a concern with this whole restart, what Alabama can do, what Texas can do, what Ohio State can do in terms of testing, in terms of different protocols, not everybody can do. Right? And so mm-hmm. part of that equation is okay, Alabama can test their kids every day. Right? Alabama can pass around a collection plate and the boosters will pay for that, right? I'm, I'm being a little facetious here, but th- that's not going to be a thing for Alabama. But if you're Vanderbilt, can you test every day? Right? And so Alabama can have the be in a bubble all they want to in Tuscaloosa, but those kids are going to have to play kids that, that maybe their protocols aren't as stringent. Right? If, if Alabama's testing every day and Vanderbilt's testing once a week, you know, that's a concern. Right? And, and I think th- those are the problems that the, the conferences, the leagues, are going to have to uh, address, and uh, no. that clip of of the SEC call where they finally had some players on to mm-hmm. answer questions that that clip was very damning. Uh, nope. you know, the, inadequate said, answers players, the Yeah, well, you know, what do we do? You know. You know, what kind of protection are we going to have? And the answer is, well, yeah, some of y'all are going to get it. There's nothing we can do. Guess mm-hmm. the hell there is. Like, you cannot play. That's how you guarantee these guys. I mean, you know, stop trying to talk about the sanctity of the games and the this and the that. You're asking these kids to play in the pandemic, and, and you don't have to. That's the thing. Uh one of the football players in the SEC said, hey, we can do everything we can on our end, but, you know, his school, and I can't remember which one, is going to have some in-person classes. So as a football player, you're sequestered, you're doing everything you're supposed to do, and you're and you're in class with uh, other students who may not be as, uh, as focused on COVID safety as you are. And the response was, Wear your mask and sit in the back of the class and, and you know, you know, try to lead the way. That ain't no, 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 uh-uh. That, that, that doesn't cut it. So what we are seeing, more and more players, and I kind of figured this was going to be what happened. As we got closer to this ramp up, we were going to see more and more players have legitimate questions, legitimate concerns. Uh, there's a kid, at Virginia Tech, he saw what Virginia Tech was doing. He's like, nope, I'm out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> the uh, article came out yesterday, Colorado State, a lot of players alleging, hey, they're fudging the numbers. We got people, not only are they positive, some of these people are symptomatic, and they're still in the facility. And we just saw here in Kentucky – Eastern Kentucky lost its uh, lost its kicker and an offensive lineman that was uh, second team All OVC last year, saying that the Colonels aren't taking the COVID precautions seriously. And I'm not going to say that that, 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 that uh, these teams are lying or whatnot. But what I'm saying is this if Colorado state is going to cut corners to get football done, I'm supposed to believe that Alabama won't cut some corners. (laughs) And and again, I'm not trying to accuse anybody of anything, but like we saw with the Marlins and the Marlins are terrible, Are a terrible franchise. They've been terrible (laughs) forever and ever. If they're going to, uh, try to play, and they know they got a bunch of positives. I'm supposed to believe that Clemson won't try to field the team? That's what I'm supposed to believe? Mm -hmm. And and, and again, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing uh, at UK. The football players seem to be doing great, but real practice hasn't started yet. They haven't been face-to-face doing anything. Mm -hmm. And What we have seen with this pandemic, it's not just what you yourself are doing. You're really at the mercy of other people, right? And so, if you're a football player, particularly the offensive linemen, and if you look at the players that are are, uh, pulling out of the NFL, you got a lot of linemen. Uh, Yeah. Because think about
0: it. Looking at the list.
2: You, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. you're you're a Cowboys fan, and you know we're not that old, but you know the ice bolt, right? You know when it gets all snowy and cold, and you can see that breath coming out. Look at the offensive linemen breathing on each other without even without even a snap taking place, and we know so. I. I I want football. I love football. I love it to death. I'm absolutely a football fan. I don't know how you do it. I don't know. And if here we are, really? August the 5th, we've got a conference full of football players that have, I think, legitimate concerns. We look at Colorado State. We look at, uh, you know, the kid at Virginia Tech. We look at EKU. Uh, man. I, You know, I don't know. I I just don't you had, know. Uh,
1: you had a couple of Kentucky players just tweet out, you know, Terry Wilson a couple of days ago. Uh, we talked with his sister, Stevie Westmore, a couple of weeks ago, uh, about being an auntie because he is expecting a child in a couple of weeks. Uh tweeted out a couple of days ago, a lot to think about, and, and people lost their minds. Uh, Brandon Echols, defensive back, similar tweet, got a big decision, got a, a lot of things to think about. And, you know, Big Blue Nation, a portion of it went crazy. Oh, no, oh, no. Is he Is he thinking about not playing? Is Terry not going to, you know, is he going to decide not to play? On some call in shows, you heard people, what's he got to be concerned about? What's he concerned for? what? Worked hard and did all that rehab, and now we're almost time for the season, and now he's saying he got stuff to think about. What's he? I mean, really, simply. In it's, it's, some people's mind, he's just viewed for the 60 minutes that he's on the field. That's it. I and mean, we know that. But comments like that just prove it. Nobody's taking into consideration that he is about to become a father for the first time during a pandemic. Mention all these other players opting out. Yeah, you you—if you, you're about to become a father or not, the risk of do I want to play and potentially plaguing somebody who has a virus, whether they're asymptomatic or whether their school is, you know, cutting corners or not taking it seriously. Not—that's a big decision. In itself, you and I both have two kids, neither of which we had as seniors in college at the age of twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three years old. That's correct. I mean, yeah. it could have happened. We we were married at that time. Could have you know could have been a father then, but we weren't. You know, we were later on in our twenties, and you know, early thirties. You know, thankfully, when the young ones came along. Imagine being twenty-one, twenty-two and an expectant father in a pandemic, and then people are like, well, what are you concerned about? What are you worried about? Of course you're going to have a lot on your plate to think about. If you have any adult-like responsibilities brewing inside of yourself at all, I mean, you can be careless if you want, but it's, I'm glad to see him say there's a lot to think about when he's got other stuff outside of football on his plate. You know, got a girlfriend and a who is – you know, do any day now. Yes, I hope he's thinking about that, and it's good that he is. Now he just tweeted out before the show, well, y'all know I'm all in. But it's, at least he weighed the pros and cons of what he was gonna do.
2: And and look, we, we we're at this point. Number one, everybody's got to make a move for themselves. And like I said, there's so many factors that go into playing or not playing. It's I just get so frustrated when we strip the humanity out of these athletes. It, it, it just gets so frustrating to see folks lose their minds over – over look, they've got their own lives to lead, and that's on a mm-hmm. good deal. But now you've got this pandemic, and now we have seen a lot of these studies come out and talk about some of the risk factors with catching – Becoming positive with COVID-19. And even if you are not hospitalized with a bunch of crazy symptoms, there's a risk that your heart can enlarge. What? There's a risk that you could lose lung capacity.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I, and for people to chalk that up as no big deal, the, the the difference between a great collegiate player and a good or serviceable uh, professional player there are razor, are they're razor thin and so if you go out here and try to fight through this uh, pandemic you get positive tests sure you may not you may be okay. But then you may end up with an enlarged heart. And who wants that? So, you know, again, I'm not going to, if guys want to play or want to, that's between them and their family, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and if you're a football player and you're not looking at what's happening in baseball not being in a bubble, if you're not paying attention to that, You'd be a fool. The sheer number of people on a football team, collegiate and pro, uh, increases your percentages. Like you have to pay attention. And I know the NFL; they want to make that money, and I get that. But man, it, I I honestly don't see how you can get all this done in a panic in a pandemic. Because again, again, we don't know what the lasting impacts are. We're figuring this out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing too uh, So all these schools Trying to get these kids to sign these waivers And all this kind of stuff Come on man That was part of the Pac-12 The the, the player said hey You gotta cover medical stuff For six years after eligibility Has been exhausted Specifically related to the COVID-19 mm-hmm. I think that's fair mm-hmm. I might want to ask for a little bit longer You know Yeah uh, it, 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 there's just so many moving factors What it looks like today The beginning of August uh, We don't know what it's going to look like a month from now Obviously the, the Probably the biggest factor Into all this is is If we as a country As a whole do better <laughs> You know that's the thing <laughs> If we all just do better We would be in a better spot But As of right now, I I, I don't see that happening. I just don't.
1: Mm -hmm. According to the USA Today, like 58 NFL players have opted out at the moment. Um, And like you mentioned, it's a lot of linemen, offensive tackles, defensive tackles. It's for the 49ers, wide receiver Travis Benjamin, three guys for the Cowboys. Maurice candidate, cornerback, Stephen Gidry receiver, fullback, Tamizé, Oluwale. And a lot of Patriots have opted out. I think it's eight right now. They have the most in the NFL. And you also have one of the McCourty twins, I think it was Devin, who, was, who kind of came out and, and ripped the league because they're trying to move up the deadline to decide whether you're going to opt out or not. And kind of, you know, rushing it along and not giving guys time to decide. And he's like, hey, that's why that's not right. You know, don't move up the time that we have to contemplate on what we're gonna do. And and like you said, that's the NFL. That's kind of a bush league move on the part of the league as well. You know, if guys opt out, you let them opt out. You know, one of those is Larry Warford too, who's not with the team. Former Wildcat offensive lineman, he's with the Saints for forever uh is a free agent now but instead of signing over somebody he was one that uh, decided to opt out he's not on the list because he's not with the team currently but you know he decided hey I'm gonna sit this year out and, and holler at y'all
2: this time next year. And and the concern has to be you know, if you if someone if if you you are positive if you test positive and you start seeing a lot of guys, particularly in football, at the college level, and even at the NFL level, start having these issues with their heart, their lungs, all you're doing is is you are shrinking your talent pool, right? If you start having people that have, and we're not there yet, but – you start playing and people start getting sick, we will get to that point where it's like, what What is? What are we doing? So I, I understand we want sports back, but sports that's not in a bubble just doesn't, it, it, to me, it doesn't feel right. And that's, you know, to put a bow on that, it just doesn't feel right. You
1: know, put a bow on the first down, take us with, a- a quick little break. Catch your breath. 845-277-9373. Catch up Wednesday. Randy Hardy, Terry, tb Brown. Be right back on the other side with plenty more. Stay with y'all. Strangers meet, me come in. Fall in love, your boy love, love again. Strangers meet, me come in. With another friend. one, fall in love, love my friend. Oh, we're strangers again, with y'all strangers
3: again. Wish I'd strangers again Come on Wish I'd strangers again which I'd strangers again Wish I'd strangers, strangers, strangers again Met this chick about a year ago And what I love about her She is so much so Plus a mind that my mom would like And even pops that her body's out of control oh, We won't have to find out Fall in love, but see love must win. Strangers we become friends. Fall in love, but see love must win. Oh, we're strangers again. What ya? Strangers again. What ya? Strangers again. What ya? Strangers, strangers again. Come on, strangers. Again. Put your strangers again. Put your strangers again. your stranger uh, Stranger comes along, catches an eye. Kiss back as my way for reply. Friends are things transform. Lay in my own town, love is born. But, uh, if I knew I would have heard my friend, I might not even try. When I'm here out with her girl, she just walks right by. Fall in love with the oh, love, friends. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, We're just raging again, 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 again. We're again. again. We're again. to again. 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 just again. we fall, we just Again. Tell me, what did we start it for? strangers again. You have, strangers, again so be strangers again. Strangers again. 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 love, again. <laughs> strangers, <laughs> oh, oh, right, strangers, oh, strangers, strangers again. Have, hey. Strangers again. Have, have, strangers again. again. Yes. Strangers again. love, <laughs> again perfect the king what you want just on
1: We are back, yo. all Can't stop Wednesday. It. Like Vinny Hardy, Terry T.B. Brown, little Eric Robeson for our song during the break. Dude is very underrated. And anytime time you got an organ that's just sounding good as song, you just, you can't, you can't beat a nice organ. Just pinches and dashes of organ in the song. You just can't beat that, T.B.
2: I know. It's taking me back to my gospel roots, uh. <laughs> I
1: mean, going down south, man. Get that organ going. You uh, can't. I mean, look. I mean, love and happiness for Al Green with the organ. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, hey, you can't beat a nice organ. It's just, yeah. not you, you, you start talking about Al thing. Green,
2: I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get, uh, get set up for that myself.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. We are back, y'all. Second hour. 845 Follow on Facebook and Twitter at Cats Talks, Wednesday Cats Talks, WED. Um, appreciate everybody that follows and is like the Facebook page, sends in comments, retweets the show, and all that kind of stuff, all that interaction. Sure do appreciate everybody taking time to do that. When we throw a little poll out here and there, uh, take time to vote in the poll. We did one last week on Joe Kelly's suspension uh, for the Dodgers. Where Was he throwing at the Astros? Was he not? He has control issues anyway. He got suspended eight games and didn't hit anyone. Um, that poll is about to end probably before the show is over. We'll get you the final results result of that. And I said, was that suspension warranted or was it whack? And most everybody thought that it was a whack suspension. Uh, had a, at least a voter or two for warranted. And I I, I called out Van House, friend of the show, former Cat, uh, from Baton Rouge, but was always a Houston Astros fan. So I think that was him voting for warranted for Joe Kelly. I think he's got that general that homer vibe, thinking his Astros are you know, being singled out just because they went all high-tech with their trash can cheating, and I think he's a little bit upset about it. So I think that was Van voting, and so we had a little back and forth about it. But, you know, you, you're going to be in the minority on all things Astros this year, Van, because you know, Manford stood up for him, and, and, you know, they're not, they're, they didn't get any punishment. You can't hit them. You know, he put them in a, he put' him in a bubble that baseball needs a bubble, but the astros are in a bubble it's a
2: massive bubble
1: cheating and going yeah,
2: yeah that, that's <laughs> a, that's that's the thing is uh you know the, with the astros being uh protected, nothing has happened that's the frustrating part
1: yeah, crazy uh, of one sad thing for. As far as UK is concerned, um the UK men's golf account tweeted out that Cullen Brown had tragically passed away. We talked about it, you know, when it first happened, he was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. I think he hit his knee, bumped his knee, and that's how they figured it out. You know, he kept hurting, what's going on? Seem like everything's fine and healthy. Next thing you know, boom—you've got this rare form of cancer. He stepped away from playing golf and had a, a rigorous treatment and surgeries, and uh, had a had a bright future on the course. It was a really good golfer. He's from Western Kentucky, uh, out in Lyon County, on the western end of the state. But tragically, he passed away uh, from the complications and from the cancer that he had. So very very sad to see. Uh, that sweet food the UK Men's Golf account, and so condolences for Cullen Brown and, and his entire family.
2: Absolutely, it, you. It, when it's a younger person, it just hits you a little bit different. And being a part of the Wildcat family, uh, and being familiar with the story, just it's just gut wrenching on 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 that level as well. So definitely, condolences and, and prayers of comfort uh, to his family.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and I don't know, just putting yourself back in this position, being at Kentucky, just you see the article. I think it's WKYT's where I saw it. The the landlord went and trashed all the possessions in the guy's apartment. I forget his name, but he was, he graduated, was gone for a couple months, uh, went back to get it all. and, And, and the landlord, it just threw everything out. Um, so we went back to nothing. Now, all the stuff was gone, and, and it was, you know, you said you'd keep it. I told you I'd be back, and well, I went ahead and threw it away and got rid of it, and how are you going to do this right in the middle of a pandemic with stuff going on? So it was a really kind of a bad look to me. I was feeling bad for the dude to you know, go back and think your stuff's there, and you know, you're still paying your rent, and then it's gone. I think, you know, we didn't get an eviction notice, no nothing, and then you come back and you know your place is emptied out, so that that was that sucks too. Just to be blunt about it.
2: Oh yeah, it it, it does, and we're going to see a lot more of that. Uh, not to get too political, but you would hope that in situations like this, in uh, these unprecedented times, as the commercials tell us over and over again, <laughs> that there would be a little bit more compassion uh, from our fellow. Or for our fellow Americans, and and we're just we're not we're not quite seeing that. So, uh, yeah, just a horrible, horrible story there.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, just so I don't know if the Sixers
1: are playing right now or not, but said that Ben Simmons has tweaked his knee, which in this shortened season might be detrimental. I'm not picking the Sixers to come out of the East, but. They're relying heavily on him and Embiid to carry them as far as they will go. And if he's hobbled, that's, that's going to be a blow for the, the Sixers. Uh, I wasn't really sold on you know, being in his new jumper and all that, but he is a talented player, and Embiid is as well. I still think they're a few years away. Uh, I think Embiid's still just goofy and they ain't really put it all together yet, but he's still capable. But uh, if Simmons is hurting, that's... It's gonna be a blow for them in this this sprint to the playoffs
2: yeah i uh again, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts here lately, but cannot remember her name they had on uh, the s p n daily, but she covers injuries uh, and basically the concern with these leagues. Uh, particularly with football, is how does the long layoff affect folks? You know, uh, and I wasn't aware that leagues did this, but it makes sense, particularly the NFL. They keep track of all those injuries we see on the injury report, when they happened, how they happened, and they have figured out the biggest injuries uh, area. Uh, and again this is specific to football but can, can I think can be applied to other sports, the second week back when things start to get ramped up that's when you see a hot lot of uh, ankle sprains and turned ankles and that kind of, a lot of lower leg stuff so the concern uh, for these leagues getting you know back up was to make sure they did everything they could to prevent those types of injuries so Uh, I know we've seen a couple of knee injuries, Jaron Jackson Jr., uh, and you're saying, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Ben Simmons as well. So, uh, you know, you knock wood and hope that's, you know, no one else has that. But that's always the concern with the start-stop nature uh, of these leagues.
1: Yeah. Try to ramp it up and be at a high level from (laughs) to go zero to high level. After a layoff, uh, with the playoffs right around the corner, you yeah, know that's me a lot. I mean, you see it in in baseball every year. Even in normal baseball seasons, when you've had a spring training and you're going to play 162 games, you still always see a bunch of guys with oblique injuries. You know, pitchers or hitters. You just it's just. I mean, look at how much pitching the strain on your oblique. Swing for the fences. Look at the strain on your obliques. But so you're gonna it's always gonna be that, even when you try to gear up for it. Or um, you know, hamstrings, guys running down the line trying to get the first and pulling hammies. You see it in spring training, you see it in April, it's cold, you know, you're playing in Chicago and wind's blowing and it. it's cold and you you know, you pull a hammy trying to run down the line. You see it And all of the injuries are specific to the sport, you know, at the beginning of the season, much less when you're trying to condense it and and kind of go and get it going faster than normal. So, yeah.
2: And and that's the concern with all these leagues. And we've seen that starting pitchers uh, for baseball not going that deep uh, yet. Uh, We've seen some uh, bumps and bruises in the NBA. But the NFL, with that sport being no, – well, that sport being so physical, uh, that's got to be a big concern. Because even if you get a couple of games in in the NFL and, you know, remember a couple of years ago Brady gets hurt game one, he's out for the year. You know, you can have a lot of those injuries where those guys will have to rehab, you know, to try to get ready for the next season. So there's a lot of factors that go into this and I, I don't want to come off saying that these calls are easy. this pandemic nothing is easy and, and I don't think there is a uh, uh, yeah, there's no protocol for this kind of stuff. so I don't want to mm-hmm. as we you know, kind of discuss what the leagues are doing and you know when I'm talking to people about school and, and, and different things like that there's sometimes there's no easy answer. You know, when it comes to school, yeah. yes, kids work better, learn better in a school building. That's why, as a society, we decided years ago. You know, with the school barn, rounding up all the kids in town to the one, you know, to the schoolhouse <laughs> there, you know, and all the kids all in one building. You know, we decided, hey, hey, parents need to work. Parents need to do X, Y, Z. We're setting up schools. So we understand the society, there's a benefit to that. There's a social benefit to being around other kids. But on the, uh, the, the, the different side of the coin, it's still a pandemic, you know. So
0: <laughs>
2: while we know what optimal is, well, you know, sometimes optimal, you, you can't get that. You've got to do things a little bit differently. And and I think that's where we are. Again, I don't want to go off on a tangent here as a society. That with this pandemic, you're you, whatever you're, wherever you're coming from, whether it's economics or political or kids in school or sports, we have the opportunity to kind of look at what we're doing and reevaluate things. And we can say, hey, this really isn't working. That's what... The, the Pac-12 players are doing. Like, hey, 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 we've got time to kind of look at this system, figure out a new way to do things. Now, whether or not uh, the powers that be take them up on that, we don't know. You know, that remains to be seen. But I think it's still great to kind of have these discussions, you know, and and and, and talk about things. So, again, and, uh, not go and you can go too much of a tangent, Yeah,
1: and you can want it to happen and still be concerned slash doubtful that it won't. (laughs) They can be nuanced, even though everybody thinks you're against, you know, college football and you hate Greg Flakey and and you don't want Kentucky to (laughs) take the field with potentially the best team they've had in a long time because they have depth in every position and there's a lot of optimism and there's a lot to be excited about. And even if they do play 10 games, you know, SEC only, Kentucky would still have a shot in all those games, would be favored or a push in a lot of those games. You hate all that. Just because you're saying it might not happen. No, that's not the case. It can be nuanced. We can both want to happen and still. I haven't held, you know, I haven't held my breath yet. I haven't been saying it every week. I'm not holding my breath about it. I'm not holding my breath. Uh, so yeah, the, both of those things can <laughs> we can feel that way about both. Just because we're saying that doesn't mean we're you know gonna be happy if it's canceled. Mm-hmm. Not the case at all. And, and
2: and exactly, and that's my thing too. Is like, look, look, I I'm, I'm on the UK post game show on ESPN mm-hmm. six right?
1: If there's no nope. games,
2: there's no postgame show. <laughs> what nope. are you talking about? Like, of course I want there to be sports. Of course. You and I, we have this show. And when there's no mm-hmm. sports, it's hard. At least we can yep. talk about the games in the bubble. We can talk about yep. Devin Booker being ridiculously good. We can talk about your Rockets. Yes, we got You know, the. They're playing well, and will they win their third NBA title? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, so that's that's it. You know, we we promote six eighty the post game the the post game show because uh, you had that opportunity to do it and enjoyed it and listened in at the end of every game. Uh, talked about that gig on this show. Uh, Friends of the show, people who listened to us were calling in. Aaron Huff would be the first guy calling in when you guys would get on the air. So, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to games again when we can hear the post-game show again. Both of us have got opportunities from messing around on this show, this Cats Talk Wednesday, for five or six years. Tony and I are doing a podcast. And, you know, we haven't had games to talk about. We've talked about his time in UK, talked about 96, talked about the denim, talked about Bill Kitely, talked about a lot of stuff, talked about, you know, barbecue grill skills and how's your grill game and a lot of different content to make it happen. But now, just like, you know, we're talking about the bubble, next time we record, we'll actually have games to talk about. We've we've made it through March, from March to now, every week, (coughs) still continuing to do it for two hours. Uh, And look, those who do it every day, props, because that's got to be tough. I mean, your national people doing it every day, (laughs) your Jim Rome that's on, how do you feel about Jim Rome? From three hours a day, every day, from March until now, that's insane. Where nothing was absolutely going on, you know, we were trying to compile stuff to from week to week to fill two hours. So, you know, if you're on fifteen hours a week, whoo that is doing.
2: thats but, That's uh a, that's the uh, that that's tough. So. Yeah. Just because you have concerns doesn't mean you're rooting for the virus. I, I think that's a. Exactly. Uh. That's, that's not fair. It, it, it's it goes not without fair to say. It.
1: it should go uh, without saying, but no, we've had to say it a lot. No,
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no sports writers are cheering the lack of sports. But, you know, and, and that to me would give what they say a little bit more credence because if your bread and butter is sports and you're saying, hey, Maybe we shouldn't do sports. I'm going to listen to what you have to say because that's affecting your pocket, right? I mean, that, that's uh-huh. the bottom line versus people who are like, yeah, we need sports regardless of what's going on. Okay, I'm looking uh-huh. at you a little differently because you just want the sports back because it's affecting your wallet. And I can understand that, but stop trying to tell me that I'm the bad guy. You know, again, like you said, it's, there's there's a lot of nuance to these discussions that we just don't get anymore. Didn't Eric Crawford, uh,
1: I, I thought for a little while he was, like, just doing news and, like, journalism stuff, reporting the news, sports writer. But for a while there, he was just writing, doing news articles and, and stuff like that uh, there in Louisville. Uh, he he like,
2: switched over because there wasn't. Yeah, his his big thing now is he is really tackling the COVID stuff. He he's live tweeting and doing a lot of things with uh, Governor Bashir's uh, press conferences. So yeah, every, you you, mm-hmm. you start doing other things uh, when there's no COVID. Yeah. so we all want sports we we do I, I honestly I do um, I talked to Big Miss and Little Miss today and here in town. JCPS has not given official word on fall sports. Well, I I know in the big scheme of things that they're not professional, they're not college, but my girls are looking forward to their field hockey season. Big Miss Mm -hmm. is ready to start playing in high school. She's got a shot uh, uh, at playing. uh, uh, She's going to play on the freshman team, wants to play JV. She's Want to give it a shot for the varsity team, uh, little miss same way. She's in the sixth grade. She thinks she can play on the eighth grade team, and 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 you know I want them to do that. But by the same token, I'm not going to uh, send them out there if it's unsafe.
1: Mm-hmm. That
2: would be parental mm-hmm. malpractice if I were to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. And don't y'all think we're not going to talk about Devin Booker? Because we are. But on that note. of of field hockey and fall sports. And this isn't to even troll the rival, but uh, Car Chronicle tweeted out earlier that Nick Rutherford, is that his name? Yeah. Rutherford from Car Chronicle talked about the men's and women's soccer, field hockey, and volleyball at Uville is on pause right now. Because 29 members of those four teams tested positive, and it's traced back to an off campus party. So, you know, if that was Kentucky or any other school, we would have said the same thing, but it's happened just now at Louisville. We tweeted this out earlier today that that's what they've had to do with those particular teams at U of L right now. Yeah. You
2: know, and again, not to shame uh, a rival. But uh, no. this is going to happen, right? This is, uh-huh. this is going to happen. Uh, yeah, they should have been at the party, but if you're going to have students and athletes on campus at the same time, this is going to happen. And I cut the college kids a little bit of a slap because they're not professionals. <laughs> you know, if, if the Marlins can be acting a fool, if the Cardinals can be doing whatever they're doing, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to bash the college kids. Yes, they shouldn't have done it, but I think it's a different it's a different situa- situation. Excuse me, asking professionals to basically self quarantine than asking non professionals to self quarantine. I think those are two dramatically different things. So.
0: Yeah.
2: I think that's gonna be the last ditch effort to get football going is, is quarantine these football guys and, and I'm not for it. I, I am they're not professional. They don't need to be treated like they're professional, in my mind. hmm um,
1: Yeah. And and speaking of I saw a quote I think it was your your boy, former Laker Robert Soncury retired now, but talked about how he would go crazy if he were in the bubble. You're talking about how professionals should be able to you know, hold them more accountable than collegiate. I mean, he doesn't have to worry about being in the bubble because he's not playing right now, but he's talking about if I was there, I would be losing my mind. Uh, and you got Stephen Adams on the other hand. He's like, look, man, this ain't Siberia. I mean, we <laughs> we're don't tell. You know, we get to, so it's all – Anything is, is, you know, how you perceive it in your mind, and it's all about what you can and will and choose to get used to.
2: Yeah, uh, but by the same token, most of the NBA players said, yeah, this is okay, but, you know, if the NBA is talking about doing it again when they resume next season, I, I don't think, I think there will be a ton of pushback, a ton of pushback. Yeah, to go yeah. into a I mean, bubble situation for an entire season, so uh, again, not unless you know, it it, to be it, done. It, I
1: mean, if, Yeah, if it's a choice and they're choosing to just, even though it doesn't have to be, I can see. Okay, well, it's not, but if it's, you know, they choosing to do what they have to do, it's all about what you get used to if you want to.
2: And and and, and keep in mind, particularly for the older players that have families. Okay, if if the if the player is in the bubble, well then the significant other, you know, has the full responsibility for to 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 run the house. So it's not just the players that you see; it's it's families. It's it's you know, does a mother-in-law come to help out with the kid? You know, there's a uh, so for, for people just to and I understand they are getting well compensated. I'm I'm not saying that's not part of it. But still, it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh-uh. Uh, so exactly. that's 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 where I'm coming from. There, it's just not an easy situation.
1: Devin Booker,
2: the shot he hit wasn't
1: easy last night, and I don't know. Maybe you took more delight because he did it to the Clippers. But Phoenix is 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 trying to make a push, trying to you know, play well and. and you know, make some moves and make a little noise while they're in the bubble. The game winner he hit over Paul George and Kawhi. you know, we, we talk about the tough shot. I always like to talk about the tough shot that Aaron Harrison hit against Michigan because I don't think could have contested it any tougher. I mean, he was right there. And to me, last night, Paul George, even though there was, I don't know if you saw the tweet or not, that <laughs> said nobody gets their eye dotted on game winners better than Paul George. And it was a compilation of dudes hitting game winners on him. Oh, yeah. But uh, Paul George was there. Kawhi was there. Booker, with his off hand, you know, kind of quit guiding his shooting hand and just kind of shields Kawhi's big claw from blocking it. And then kind of one hand – gracefully nails the game winner to beat your hated L.A. Clippers last night and, and get a nice big-time win for his Phoenix Suns. Incredible shot.
2: And, 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 and Book is doing his thing. But let's not do what I see a lot of Kentucky fans doing. Uh, NBA Devin Booker is not freshman year UK Devin Booker. Okay, We remember he had that streak for the middle of the season where he was just, he caught fire. But as Kyle Tucker has pointed out on numerous occasions, if you look at like the last 10 to 15 games of that season, his shot wasn't falling. And at that point, he couldn't play defense. So I don't want Kentucky fans to look at this booker and and get on that thing of, well, you know, you should have played more against Wisconsin, no, 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 you should. not <laughs> He couldn't guard Sam Decker, right. and he couldn't Decker. Any.
0: <laughs> so we
2: we but we do this, right, and that's always been my whole thing when we look back, we need to find somebody to blame like there's there's got to be someone some reason that our team lose. that's just the way it goes. We all do that um. Uh, you know, 49ers lost the Super Bowl. And a lot of people are saying, well, Jimmy G. Well, you know, there was a breakdown. There's a lot of blame to go around in those situations. So what people have done in the Big Blue Nation is you see what Devin Booker is now doing, the 70-point game against Boston. He lit Boston up uh, in the first or second game in the bubble uh, now. Uh, and we saw what Tyler Eulis was as a sophomore, and we're like, oh, well, yeah, those guys. And I agree. Four- or five-year veteran Devin Booker, sophomore Tyler Euless, yeah. (laughs) I I would have loved to have those guys against Wisconsin, but that's not how this works, right? (laughs) Um, I mean,
1: you know, based on that, Anthony Davis now put Anthony Davis today in the 2012 game against Kansas. He was missing jumpers left and right in the championship game, and that's a game Kentucky won. In halftime, he's like, I'm right. just quit shooting. I'm just gonna play defense and rebound. Y'all score." Okay, AD today is lighting Kansas up, and he's not hesitant to shoot, and he's not, you know he's in his bag and shooting threes. And <laughs> look how skinny he was being and that. Yeah, so that's it's, the progression is inevitable. No matter how good they were
2: at UK. Right, and 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 we we do that a lot. We're like, oh man, you know <laughs> that that's why this whole the, the the poll ESPN did on the best college basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan wins, and that is that. No, no, was he good at North Carolina? Yeah, he's all American. Yeah, he had a big shot in the championship game, but best ever? Come on, man. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. So, I'm happy for Devin Booker. The Suns got to do something. Yeah.
0: They,
2: they got to do something. I know they've tried to, to pair somebody with him. The Suns got to do something um, to, to because you, what you don't want to have happen is you don't want Booker to get unhappy. And like the Pelicans found out, you know, yeah. your, your superstar can walk.
1: you think you know? Worldwide, West is up there, and of course they had the Kenny Payne rumors. You think any former Cats decide to make New York a destination in free agency now that West is up there? They got Tibbs in place. Uh, they whiffed on everybody in the world a couple of years ago. Remember Durant and everybody was gonna go to the Knicks, and they got nobody. Uh, you know, you hear Carl Towns rumored because he's from New Jersey, uh, World Wide West and his relationship with, you know, UK. Do you think, you know, in spite of building with the Knicks land an up-and-coming future potential all-star UK player?
2: The, the Knicks are the Indiana Hoosiers of the NBA. The Knicks? You know, and I I just, I wish I got the fascination with the Knicks that other people get. Uh, Yeah, it's New York, okay. But two titles and the last one four years (laughs) before we're born, come on, that's it's, I mean, it's almost 50 years since the Knicks won a yeah. championship. And they've only been to two finals since then. So I, I don't understand this fascination with the Knicks. At least in the 90s and 80s and 90s, the Knicks were competitive, right? I, I know Jordan and his Bulls and Reggie and the uh, Pacers beat them. But the Knicks matter, like you knew you had to, you know, go through New York. But in the twenty years since then, it's it's a bunch of nothing. I, I, don't, I don't I don't understand this pull of of New York. I I, I honestly I don't. I, I wish someone would explain it to me that you know when the Knicks come call and people have to. Start, you know who was the last free agent that they signed? You know from another team because remember Carmelo went Ugh. as a in a trade, and then he signed an extension. But I'm talking about what prime uh, free agent has the Knicks signed? I know For, they signed um, our boy Julius Randle, and that's great. Yeah. But I'm talking about when have the Knicks got an elite dude?
1: Like the the, the prize I, of frequency.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, mm.
2: You know, with and, and, and you know for the Knicks, since Patrick Ewing, when if the Knicks maybe with Mellow you could say that, but when have the Knicks had a must see dude? You know, um, the, the highlights this, of the Knicks yes. the past fifteen years mm. are those the fifty-five point games that LeBron puts up, you know, with Cope. You know, it's, it's people putting up these numbers on the Knicks in, in Madison Square Garden. That's been their only that's been their only thing. So I don't get it. You know, and the thing is, at least with your cowboys, at least with your cowboys, that cowboys have always mattered. Like, we can talk about the Super Bowl drought and all that kind of stuff, but your Cowboys have always mattered, you know, for the most part. And five Super Bowls (sighs) is five Super Bowls. I don't care how long – five, you know, five Super Bowls is five Super Bowls. But you look at the Knicks, two championships, well, Golden State just did that, right? (laughs) You know, my Lakers did that in 2009, 2010, like, you know (laughs) – (laughs) (laughs) The Mavericks almost did that You look at the teams with multiple championships In the NBA And the Knicks are way down on the list You got the Celtics You got the Lakers You got the Bulls You got the Spurs You got the Warriors And then you start getting in the uh, the heat uh, With three Then you start getting in a bunch of teams uh, That have two The Knicks are on that list Your, Your Rockets are on that list and, but no one is talking about the Rockets like they talked about the Knicks. Like, like your Rockets have mattered more over the last 25 years than the Knicks. Ever since they beat the Knicks in the 1994 NBA Finals, the Rockets have mattered more in the basketball landscape. When you look at Akeem and everything he did, when you look at Yao and Tracy McGrady, those teams, and you look at uh, what the Beard have done. Your, your Rockets have mattered more than the Knicks. You know, the Rockets, remember that, that one year with McGrady, they won like, what, 24 games in a row or something like that? The Knicks ain't done that. Yeah. There's been seasons the Knicks haven't even won 24 games. So, I, if it was anywhere else, you wouldn't have people talking about uh, free agents are going to come flocking here. Like what are you talking
0: about? Uh-huh. The Knicks yeah.
2: have to have a new identity. Uh, they're not the Yankees. They're not the. Uh, they're not even the Giants. <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't get the fascination.
1: And I just looked it up because I should have looked it up a few days ago. But Dolan bought them in '99. None. Uh, I don't know if it was after the 99 season, you know, after they lost to the Spurs in the finals, then he bought them or if he was on board for that team that went to the finals. And if that's the case, you know, that culture was built and he just, you know, he just rode the train to the finals. But since 99, I mean, it's been a hot Myth. Uh, coaches come and go, GMs come and go, players don't come and look to go. The ones that are there, uh, you know, you kicking Charles Oakley out. He's picking, picking which door Spike Lee comes into, and, and Spike continues to spend his money and, and be there. You know, to be their version of Jack Nicholson. Uh, I. <laughs> It's not going to matter until, until
2: he sells it, I don't think. They just can't improve it uh,
1: for as long as he's and, there. And,
2: and the problem is this. You and I, we've talked about all these professional leagues, all these teams swear they don't make any money. That's what they all swear to, right? But the problem is, hmm. To make money, you don't even have to field a competitive team. When you look at the money that Donald Sterling made with the Clippers, and they were never, ever good, but he made a profit. The thing about it is if you're Milwaukee, if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, like you've got to do everything you can to keep Giannis happy, right? You you need that because Giannis on your squad means – full home game, the TV contract is more, and you actually matter. The Knicks, because they're the Knicks, and it's Madison Square Garden, and yada, 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 nobody's giving up their ticket. Right? Like, nobody is is, is going to stop coming to the games. The Knicks still draw a crowd because they're the Knicks, and it's Madison Square Garden. So, there's really and they've got their own TV money, so there's really not a whole lot of uh, incentive yeah. To win, and my Lakers are in the same boat now. It's L.A. Jack is going to keep he, Jack's going to be there, whether it's T- Tariq Black at the small forward or LeBron James. You know, <laughs> the Lakers games matter. Uh, <laughs> that's just that's just what happens. So, but if you're Milwaukee or you know even Oklahoma City or whoever, you've got to win to be relevant. And I think it's a blessing and a curse for Knicks fans. Like, Knicks fans, the diehards, I know they want a good team, but because they care so much, Dolan has, doesn't have to even pretend to be competitive.
1: Did I'm trying to go back. Did Stefan Marbury go to the Knicks as free agent, or was he traded? And maybe Amari Stoudemire. Were they uh, trades or free agents?
2: I believe, that's still a long time. <laughs> yeah, I believe Marbury because he went to the Knicks after the Knicks, right? I'm I I I'd have to look that up, but that's still going back away, But I mm-hmm. and those guys are nice, and 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 Amari, But Amari was hurt. You know, he was not that the was my the fracture. For that one, surgery. Yeah. surgery, yeah. So, but that, mm-hmm. but. They have not. Become. That was they some. Did. That
1: was some spicy names. Anyway, I'm trying to think besides Mellow as far as making oh somebody you want to try to go watch, but that's still been 15 years ago.
2: So. Uh, oh, yeah. Because every every year they they the Knicks talk about all this cap space and how they're going to, and nobody really goes. No, nobody really says, "Hey, you know, when KD and Kyrie decide to go to Brooklyn, <laughs> I mean, the, the Nets have been just as relevant in recent years as the, the, the Knicks have been."
1: Jason Kidd was there so, with Stoudemire, but that's still that's still fifteen years ago or more.
2: So, <laughs> so I, I I don't understand the fascination. It's like when, when, when IU fans start talking about, you know, all this stuff. It's like, man, like, my dad remembers when you were good. You know, like, you know but I mean?
0: Yeah.
2: But, 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 but kids and, and, and younger players, they don't know. They, they, don't, they, they just don't know. 87.
1: 87, and it took Keith Martin hitting the jumper for him to win that one. So that's 30, 33 years ago since the Indiana won their last title. Uh, you had the fluke run that you know, they got to the championship game with Mike Davis. Uh, you know, you, you know, Bobby Knight won his three. You know, smart hit the shot. He's got his three. Isaiah Thomas was on the other one in 81. That's, the, I, that's before my time. I don't remember that one. I I barely remember Jordan hitting the jumper next year, and I, I don't know if I saw that more off a replay than the actual game. And then, what, 76, you got to give him credit for the undefeated team. But, yeah, 87 was Bobby Knight's last one, and they kept him around until 2000. He stayed another 13 years and just kind of, Floundered around And you could tell There was a game Passing by What's That was that kind of talk when, Before Knight Finally got fired
2: And, and, and the, Yeah And the thing about Indiana It just Knight's last few years Worked great On the court No You know They were winning Yes of course They were competing For national championships But Knight was, was, was Raking in Big Ten titles As well and they weren't doing that. You know, Indiana was still relevant into the 90s with uh Calbert Chaney and those guys who Yeah. Yeah, he got uh, a lot of uh, Indiana on him, but I I thought Calbert Chaney's game was fantastic. Um Yeah. But your last championship being the first year the three-point shot was in college basketball, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a wild. Wow. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I
1: love your analogies. I love it. even even look even the one uh, the Cowboys last Super Bowl was in the Clinton administration. That's that, that's 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 a good one. That's a good one. The last title <laughs> was the first year of the three point shot. That's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, you, you come up <laughs> with these connections and years and moments in history. To accentuate how long it's been since the team has done something, that's, I, that's even when it's throwing shot at the Cowboys, that's that's a good one. I can't I, deny it. I
2: can I, <laughs> I can give backhanded compliments with the with the best of them, but oh my uh, god, going back to the Knicks, <laughs> uh, I, I don't I don't get it. Um, you know, I I I just don't. Other than it being New York. Uh, and that's kind of working for them to be this kind of the center of the universe. I, I don't, uh, I don't get it, but uh, I am looking forward to watching more NBA games in the bubble. Um, I hope baseball gets their act together, but I am not, I'm not holding my breath or anything on that. And in football, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I'm going to be seeing what goes on out in the pac 12. And, like I said, that that uh, uh, we got to keep our eye on that that may spread. You know, uh, we talk about the news cycle anymore. You can barely stay away from the news for any stretch before some major story breaks. And uh, with college football and these COVID protocols, I think you you, you see in. Uh, particularly the Pac-12 kids coming together under one voice, that's going to inspire some other kids saying, hey, I don't feel 100% safe with what we're doing. And so I, I think if enough of those kids kind of stand up, it might become a publicly untenable situation to proceed with collegiate football. Yeah.
1: yeah, And, I mean, if
2: you can't, I mean, if you
1: look at it, You can't knock them. People want to just because, oh, I want football, I want football. But just boil it down and you keep doing how can... And it's happened. People are mad at them for that, and it shouldn't be. But, I mean, they're not in that situation. So that's, you know, there's no problem with them
0: feeling the way they feel and worrying
1: and they're the ones out there. And so... Every yeah, right to feel how they're feeling.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I it, it's 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 something. It, it it's
1: it's something else. It's something else. Yeah. So we got uh your Cubs are playing Royals, looks like tonight. Uh, maybe it started, maybe it's gonna well probably coming up since that's Central time. But that should be you know, one that you would think they would win, a series they should win. The Royals aren't that great. They've been down for a while. Uh, my Braves are playing Toronto right now. And, you know, we talked about the baseball injuries. They just lost, the, you know, the young pitcher Mike Soroka. He he was going to first base to cover uh, on the ground ball to, to the first baseman. He was going over to cover the bag and popped his Achilles, you know, you saw him go down, and you saw that leg buckle. And so he's lost for the season and probably a good chunk of next year just because, you know, that that layoff, that trying to get back in game speed. And he's a young dude, but just trying to hop off the mound, and boom, they're, you to the Killing Tennis. So they took a big hit to their rotation. I'm not sure they'll try to go triple-A. They, they sent a guy already down to triple-A. So the rotation is not what they thought. Even though they're 8-4, they got, you know, the GM is going to be making his money for, he's going to have to earn his money for the next little bit as to how they handle these injuries and and stuff like that. So uh, that proves the point we were talking about. You know, obliques, Achilles, knees, hamstrings, these muscles that, you
2: know, you got to
1: kind of ease them into it even if you are a high level athlete at the start of the season sometimes. Absolutely. Yep, yep. So, and, you know, the the NFL guys are opting out, like we talked about. Uh, Can't blame them, different stages of their careers. Just not even worth fooling with. Uh, Mark Hankins for the Braves did opt back in. So that's that's one that you don't see happen a lot. He started out saying he wasn't going to play. Freddie Freeman had the contracted coronavirus and a Hollywood athlete, 30 years old, and he had a fever of 104 and, and was really worried that he wasn't going to make it. And Markega saw that and said, I'm, I'm going to opt out. But he decided to opt back in, so he's going to take the risk and come back to join the Braves. Um just see how that goes. It's just so, like you said, unprecedented times, uncertain times, up in the air times. It's just, oh, that's that's in a nutshell.
2: Yeah. Hey, we covered a lot of ground here tonight.
1: Yeah, we sure did. We sure did. So,
2: uh, I'm appreciative of all the birthday messages. Uh, You know, my phone is still blowing up and and people reaching out and, and doing things. I got to have lunch um, with my girls today, and that was fantastic. And, oh, that's
0: cute.
2: Uh, yeah, man, I always, you know, my oldest, Big Miss, is a little camera shy. That seems to be what happens <laughs> when they turn 14. But, uh, you know, uh, it's always good to get that uh, happy birthday from, from the girls. So I'm definitely blessed, uh, you know, hanging out uh with mama B, that's always great. Uh she's she's fantastic, yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm truly to... I'm truly blessed.
1: When you tried to what was it? What did you put out uh, you was trying, you was letting us know that she was still the queen in her tiger best. She's just letting you know that she's still the queen. In case you get some wild hair and try to flex. That's that's what that is, Mama B and her tiger best. Just nothing you know who's still Style wearing a crown around here. here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad she's doing good. Uh she took up the slack for Big Miss being Camera shy. Mama B took the picture in the Memphis Tiger Best. She said, I'm I'm not Camera shy at all, so uh, Good to see that tweet earlier today too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. So we're we're, we're definitely doing good.
1: That's Good man. Well, uh, you know, Rockets one eighteen, Lakers one twelve tomorrow. Um, that sounds about right. So uh, uh, I'm gonna tune in. I think it's just around nine or so, uh, and see Houston go three and one and get a nice victory over the. No one sees the West. it be a great evening.
2: Yeah, we'll see how that goes.
1: <laughs> we will indeed. It'll be fun. Uh, congrats to the bubble so far, like you said, because they've, they've handled it well up to this point. Uh, and we've been able to enjoy watching some, some NBA because we both enjoy it a whole lot. So have fun. Thanks to everybody for listening. It's the podcast. we advertising on the show, just holler at Colorado. We'll do it again next week and we'll see what twists and turns and ebbs and flows happen between now and then. For Terry TB 43, 4.3 mile running brown. This is Vinnie Hardy. Another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday. We'll be back this time next week. Y'all take care. Have a good week.